Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece here with co-host Samantha Tradelia. Samantha, how are you today? I love the name co-host. I'm doing well. Co-host. So good to see you again. I know, right? Here we are. It's here freezing. Are. I'm trying to I'm trying to will it to spring. I um I declared winter over and put all of my outdoor cushions out. Smart. Thinking, well, yes, until I found out it was supposed to rain this weekend. So not, not so smart. smart. Yeah. But that's all right. We're going to get <laughs> there. And, and um, our guest today, who's back east, has better weather than we do here in California. And I'm a little jelly, but I'll get, <laughs> I'll get over. I'll get over my indoor wearing of my puffy jacket here soon. Um, so we have with us today, Maria Leonard Olson and Maria, you, uh, your list of accomplishments, adjectives is extensive. You're an attorney, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a podcaster, you're a radio host, you do book marketing services. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's varied and so super cool. Um, you, uh, what resonated particularly with me is your your newest book. And interestingly, you've written two nonfiction books, two children's books, and then you released this 50 after 50 book. And I want to touch on what got you there because it's a fascinating story. So first of all, Maria, thank you for being here and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So 50 after 50. I, I just want to start here because this I this resonated with, with me so much. You talk about the book as reframing the next chapter of your life, yes. but you didn't write this in a black hole. This really came from um, very personal experiences and you're very open about these, which I, I think am. is fantastic. Um, so I, anything I say, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn because you, you have spoken about them yourself, but, um, tell us, back us up a little bit. Tell us how you got to this point in your life. You've had a lot of, uh, iterations of Maria Leonard Olson. Yes, uh, that is true. <laughs> a lot of versions and we all have a lot of versions, but yours are fascinating. So take us back a little bit, you know, starting out as the attorney in you and where you kind of took it from there. Sure, sure. Well, the universe conspired to have three major life changes happen to me in my 50th year. One, my husband of 25 years asked for a divorce. Two, I got sober from alcoholism. And three, I became an empty nester. So any one of those things would precipitate a life change. But for me, all three happened at once. And I had to figure out what the heck I was going to do with the next chapter of my life. And if you're familiar with the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, they gen the general wisdom in the rooms of AA is that when you get sober, you have to change all the people, places, and things that contributed to your alcoholism. So I knew I felt rudderless, but I knew I had to do something. And I had lost a lot of friends with my uh, getting sober and with my divorce. And my kids were angry at me and I just had to change, but I didn't know what to do first or what to do at all. So as a gift to myself for my 50th birthday, I decided to try 50 new things that would determine how I wanted to live the next chapter of my life. And these things ranged from social activities, adventure, seeking thrills, um, 
learning and teaching, travel, lifestyle changes, and each one, even the ones that I will never do again, <laughs> taught me something about who I wanted to be and the contours of this next chapter. And 50 is a common reckoning point in our society for people to take stock of where their lives are. And I really took advantage of that time to take a good look at all areas of my life and to figure out what version of me I wanted to be going forward. So I don't want to call you an extremist. <laughs> I am, but, but I am. <laughs> let's, let's just go straight to the, I'm going to move to the to a village in the Himalayas <laughs> that is eight hours from a road because yes. this seems like a fantastic idea. I know. I, mean, I know. I do do. This one to me. Yes. I can be impulsive. I can be a little bit crazy, but that's just who I am. But I like, like any to... one of those things coming at you sideways, like most people yeah. would be like, I'm out. Right. <laughs> right, or, right. They, they have those stress tests where you're not supposed to do like certain things all in the same year because it's yeah. too much on your body and your psyche and your emotions and whatever and I'm pretty sure you failed that test oh my gosh that's so true I mean I had taken essentially 15 years off from practicing law to be an at-home mom and I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity but I had to take another state bar examination I had to find a new job I had to go back to practicing law to sustain my life because like an idiot, I didn't ask for alimony. I was so ashamed of everything I had done, blowing up my marriage and my- and really, because you're Girl. a lawyer. Girl. You're a lawyer, Maria. <laughs> Not thinking clearly. I was really emotional. I just was so sorry for blowing up my family, which really appeared to be a- pretty perfect family from the outside in that my ex-husband is really rich. We belong to country clubs, yacht clubs. We traveled all the time. We lived in a big house and um, I wasn't happy and I was self-medicating with alcohol and he started finding the bottles and gave me some ultimatums, sent me and paid for rehab. And I'm grateful for that. And I just blew things up. I My kids were uh, teenagers and they didn't need me the way I wanted them to need me anymore. And if we do our jobs as parents, that's supposed to happen. But I was not prepared for this. It's not any less painful when they leave and don't need you to that degree. Oh my gosh, you're so right. It was so painful and I didn't know what to do. And so I just started drinking starting from the morning hours because I was so sad and so unhappy and I couldn't force them to need me or want me in their lives. And I just really handled everything poorly. So I, I just said to my ex-husband or just give me whatever you want. I don't care. I'm so sorry. And he, who was also an attorney, saw a golden opportunity. Right? He was like, <laughs> I'm going to check this box. Yes. And then um, he married his fitness instructor. His spinning instructor. Of course he did. Oh, come on. Uh, yes. That is so, yes. like, that's so cliche. I and know. And he traded in his Prius for a Maserati right after this, we got separated. Oh this feels like a, like a story we've all heard before. I know. I mean, he's a good man. He just. I, I, got, 
I got to know, at what point did you go, let me sell all my worldly possessions? Yeah. Because I, I this this piece of your world I'm fascinated about. Thank you. It, it was. Go into yeah. this rando village. Well, I had a friend in AA who was from Nepal, and she told me about a friend of hers who was like essentially a regional hero because he walked across Nepal, got a job as a dishwasher in the capital of Kathmandu, put himself through college and became an interpreter in the U.S. And that's really a dream for many immigrants is to get to the U.S. if they're from a developing nation. So I just wanted to get the heck out of Washington because I just had blown up my life and I was filled with shame. So I decided that I would go and make some part of the world a better place. And that was the furthest place away from here that I could go. And my friend set me up with some Nepali people who got me to this village where they were trying to build a children's library. And what it became for me was an exercise in cultivating gratitude because we are so lucky to just have been born in the US. We take so much for granted, which I don't anymore, like clean water, access to medical care. Some of my students didn't know if they were gonna eat that day. Some of them didn't own any shoes. And yet they were the happiest and most generous people I've ever encountered. And so it really reset my life to do something like that. I really, admire people who do volunteer work and I counsel, I am also a mentor to women in long-term recovery and I counsel them to get out of their own heads, get off the pity pot by going and to helping someone who is less fortunate than you are. Yep. And it, it always works for me. Always. Doing good feels good. I think it's a undertow for, you know, every single one of us on this call. It's, it's who we are inside. So you know, I, I want to commend you because there's so many people that don't talk about their journey to sobriety and what what was that moment that got them to be like, oh, wait, it's either I'm going to die or I got to fix this, right? Right. And and then to take that and to go down a road of, of bettering the lives of other people, mentoring other people, sharing the stories of other people. I mean, of all the different things that you're doing, what is the thing that you love doing the most? What is it podcasting? Is it writing? Is it mentoring? Like, where do you find the most joy? Or is it all of it? No, it is not all of it. I actually don't even <laughs> like being a lawyer, for instance, but my law practice pays the most. Yes. And it enables me, I lived for the last six months in Latin America in various countries, and I could do my job from anywhere. And I know that's unusual in the law to find a litigation job that you can do from anywhere, but I've got a great group of colleagues that will cover for me if I happen to have to be in court. And um, so... Really, I like connecting with people about, I guess, in a broad way, I would say self-help because I use my life's challenges as a force for good. And I have a 14-minute TEDx talk on this subject called Using Life's Challenges as a Force for Good that talks about... I've. I mean, I kept so much secret for so long and we learn in recovery that secrets can keep you sick. And so for instance, I had been sexually abused as a child. I didn't tell anyone for decades and I didn't think it affected me, but indeed it did. Because when I was triggered by something that happened or a person, I would just bark at them for no real reason of their no fault of theirs, but I never really processed it. And since then, 
I speak, I have spoken on a national stage uh, in DC called the National March to End Rape Culture because I was also raped as a teenager. And whenever I do a talk like that or a book talk in a bookstore, for instance, I always get people coming up to me in tears saying, I can't believe you said that out loud. Like, what the heck? And what I tell them is uh, when a trauma no longer makes you cry, it is transformed into wisdom that you can use, you can pay it forward, you can use it for your own self-healing journey, but you have to take the sting out of it to be able to keep moving past it. And it so, yeah. That oh. is that is such a potent statement and such an important statement because I think for so many, you know, a trauma is something that it's, it's not it's not easy to hide behind. It's like, you don't know, you don't always know how to get out from underneath it. Yes. And to so be able to, to speak about, Hey, there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel and there are ways that you can help heal by helping others. Yes. Yeah. So now there's very, very little that I haven't written about or talked about that happened in my life. And my daughter, who's now 27, just really laughs when I tell her about a new thing I've discovered. Like, I don't even know if you'll get to this in this broadcast, but I took a 23andMe uh, test and I never would have done it, but it was a corporate sponsor's gift at a conference at which I was speaking in LA. And I took the test and I was raised Catholic. Uh, I went to Catholic school first grade through college, Jesuit college. And I get this test back and it said that you, Maria, are half Southeast Asian and half Ashkenazi Jew. <laughs> what? Where's the, where's the what? Catholic? Where's the Catholic, Catholic wasp? Well, what happened was I confronted my mother and I found out at age 53 that I am the product of a one night stand she had. Oh, my gosh. In 1963. And not only that. But the guy who's my biological father, who it took me a year to find, is an actor I watched on the big and small screen my whole life. Oh, no way. my gosh. Yes. yes. Isn't that crazy? That is so... <laughs> like, you, can't, you can't write... If you wrote a sitcom using my fact pattern, it wouldn't sell because it's too <laughs> unbelievable. Nobody has all these things. And I'm the only Filipino Jew in the world. I love that. <laughs> You've got your own special trophy there. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. A serious other box. A serious other box. And so when she found out about that and she was telling her friends, her friends were like, of course that happened to your mom because I have such an unusual life. Um, and I like I like my life now. And I like that uh, every day is, is an adventure. I travel all the time. I um, I probably have three books that I'm writing right now. I just love kind of processing this wonderful journey of life via public speaking and writing. I love it. Where are you headed to next? What's, what's next on the travel? Oh, uh, well, I turned 60 in three months. So hey I am going to Bora Bora. French Ooh. Polynesia and my son, who is a TikTok star with 10 million followers. Oh my gosh. Paying for it. Thank you, son. <laughs> okay. Let's what's his, what's his TikTok handle. Let's just put it out there. Chris. Just Chris. Oh yeah. He is. He's freaking famous. Now he went to the Oscars, the cons film festival. He he's big. Now he makes millions off of corporate endorsements TikToks, 
Uh, he runs uh, Harry Styles's product TikTok account, Megan Trainers. Isn't it he, crazy the way the way yeah. that you can make a living now? It's just, so crazy. If my children are listening right now, I just want to say <laughs> being an influencer is not a career option. <laughs> if if you fell into it, fine. Just it's not. Don't set your please. For my children, do not set your sights on influencer for a career. Okay, there. there there's a lot of luck involved. I mean, he hit it during the during the pandemic uh, isolation. He's really funny. He's got a huge following on Instagram, Chris Olson, and uh, he's been now in a movie, a um, couple TV shows, and he just filmed a bunch of footage with Chris Jenner and is going to be on a Kardashian episode. Oh my uh, gosh, episode. this is so <laughs> funny. Ew, but it funny. is, it is. Um, maybe it's in his blood from biological dad. Maybe so, yeah. Biological grandfather. Biological grandfather, yeah. That's right, that's right. Well, what are the 50 after 50, the 50 things you're like, let me, let me try this. Like, yeah. give me some of the weirdest things you did. Okay. Well, one thing that I will never do again is my son is a trained singer. He's a really beautiful singer. I am terrible. I've not had training, but I'm just still terrible at singing. But I wanted to know what it felt like to get on stage and sing. So I went to an open mic where I didn't know anyone and I got on stage and I sang and I was terrible. Oh, but I love it. I took away from that experience that uh, courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway and mm -hmm. expanding my comfort zone by pushing the edges of what I was comfortable with and realizing I wasn't going to die just because I was nervous. And even, you can be terrible at something and still do it as a learning experience. We can't all be experts at anything. So, so it was a good, ultimately a good experience, but I'm never going to do that again. And then I had been with the same man for 25 years and I started dating and online dating, weird, oh. very weird. I, and I had a lot, a lot of strange, funny um, experiences on by guy, with guys who lied, straight out lied on their profiles, for instance. What? Oh what? my gosh, so much lying. Lie on their <laughs> online profiles? You'd yeah, think I at this stage in the game, like, okay, guys, the catfish thing, like it's 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 been done, like, you know, know. come on. I know there's a, a lot out there that's super crazy in the dating arena. And I call that chapter dating for dowagers because I did. I felt so old, having never, you know, the stretch marks, the I, I was like. I don't want anyone to see my body now. Like it used to be good, but it's not so good anymore. But not so, only that too, but just like the psych psychologically, like after being married for so long and then also having all these other life changes. I mean, it must've been really something to get back out there and to have the, you know, okay, we're going to do this. And it's a whole unchartered land. Yeah, it is. It's, it is. And, uh, I, I had some funny adventures along that track. And I also, one thing that makes my friends laugh is I started going to a lot of women's retreats and one of them is called Women of the Wild. Ooh. And the, the last night, if it's a full moon, we take off all our clothes and dance and scream wildly around a campfire. Oh my God. <laughs> and was it? And did you? <laughs> I did. And I was... 
probably the oldest person there. And there were all these like nubile 20 year olds dancing around. I was like, okay, this is what stretch marks look like. And <laughs> it, it was just a hilarious thing. And my friends think that sometimes I'm really woo woo. And I am. I, I love say that I've things. never danced outside naked in the full moon. Well, you maybe I do it. Maybe I'm missing out. It's freeing. <laughs> So let's talk about your podcast. You've got this great show. I was actually um, honored to be a guest on it. How many episodes have you uh, recorded so far? Well, I'm in my third season and I do one one a week. Yeah. So So, so about the same as us. So what's been your favorite so far? Oh, gosh, my favorite. Probably I interviewed another person who had been sexually abused as a child. And uh, she her story made me cry. And she introduced me to something I didn't know about, which is Saprea.org. And it is a free, luxurious retreat for any woman who was sexually abused as a child. And it was started by the makers of Unique Cosmetics. I don't know if you know Unique, but it's sort of a modern Avon situation with individual sellers. And these people have two mansions, one in Georgia and one in Utah, and they invite women to come and continue their healing journey. They feed us. They give us luxury accommodations. We do Tai Chi or boxing. And I just came away from that experience with lifelong friends, with additional resources for continuing my healing, not only in that area, but in all areas. They cover nutrition, lots of self-care sessions, and it was a beautiful gift. So in my podcast, on my podcast, I only interview women who have inspired me in some way, including you, Samantha. (laughs) And I want to pay it forward and to amplify the voices of women because we do so much. And most or many women are socialized not to toot their own horn. So I try to do it for them. Thank you. It's hard to toot your own horn. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that it's, I I did a post the other day just about how weird it is to like talk about yourself sometimes, but how cool it is when you do get to share your story, like your story, because somebody out there is hearing it and somebody out there is saying, wow, like Maria is doing all of this big time shit. Like I can do it too. And I've had these horrible things happen, but I'm not going to let it get, you know, bring me down and define me in a way that's not positive. And so I think it's, um, I think this new era of like sharing stories and and sharing it to a bigger, broader audience is um, something that we're all seeing more and more of it. That's what this show's about too. It's about sharing women like yourself that are doing stuff. They're doing things that nobody's talking about that they need to be talking about. We're talking about it. You are. And you're doing, I think, women a service by being unabashed in your enthusiasm, the things you talk about, you guys are, are really real and that's refreshing and needed. Well, thank you. That that makes us feel good. Somebody out there is listening to us. Oh, it's true. It's true. And you, you know, know that. Yeah, it's interesting because, and I, I, I would love to hear your take on this because you did have all these life changes at 50-ish and then decided you needed to make a change. But I think so many women at, 50 and it's it's funny because it's just a number yet it feels like this is when it starts that they they start to feel invisible and unseen mm-hmm. and um that they matter less so um where where did you sort of get the 
the strength to make that conscious change. You have said, if you don't like the way your life is going, change it. And not changing is an op- is a decision. It's a conscious decision. You obviously went a different direction. Where yeah. did that come from in you? Well, I would say a couple of things. One, I do come from a line of really strong women. And one of my therapists invited me to draw on the strong people in my ancestry that I knew of and try to garner their strength. So I would say, for instance, my grandmother who gave birth to my mother while the Japanese were bombing Manila and had to be evacuated within an hour of giving birth and did all kinds of really amazing things. So I, I think about her often. I know that she's in some sense with me and part of who I am. Secondly, in AA, uh, you have, I have a community of really strong sober sisters that I can draw on at any time and they cheer me on. And I surround myself intentionally with people who encourage me and support me. And I really do stay away from negative energy and negative people. And uh, I would encourage all of your listeners to check out Al-Anon because Al-Anon was started for people in relationship with alcoholics, but it has grown to encompass people who are in dysfunctional relationships. And all of us have at least one of those, right? Oh, sometimes many. Sometimes many. So Mm -hmm. it teaches you how to have healthy relationships and appropriate boundaries, which we're lacking in my life. So I, I gain strength from a lot of different things. And I have incorporated a meditation practice into my life and just done things. If the more esteemable acts you do, the more self-esteem you have. So I have built up my toolbox of self-care um, measures and things that I can draw on and expanded my comfort zone in various ways so that I've my confidence has grown tremendously in my 50s. And now I just feel like time is so unpredictable. We don't know how much time we have left. And at this point in our lives, we have all lost people to diseases or accidents. And so I am so intentional about how I use my time and I feel the march of time. And I'm trying so hard to do everything that I've ever wanted to do as quickly as possible. We can't get it back. No, mm -mm. we can't get it back. So here's something that listeners and I, Please, you know this, but I grew up in a sober house. My father was an alcoholic and stopped drinking by the time I was about three years old. So my family, like I have a very unique relationship with alcohol because I, it wasn't around me growing up. So for it's, it's, I, I've had many conversations with him as I grew up about substance abuse and, and what this does and how this could be, you know, it's in our lineage and it's part of who our family is. And he, like you, has taken his sobriety to always be a voice for those who may need a little help along the way. And so I really, I know, I know that part of you is so special as it is him. And I want to commend you because it's, it's not easy work. And no matter if you're sober for a year or a hundred years, it's still a journey every single day. And um, it like brings tears to my eyes because I think, I think what you're choosing to do with your time and the way you're spending it is pretty badass. And not a lot of people can say that. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed, it has not been easy, but it has been so worth it. Do you ever get to the point where you let go of regret and take in the fact that everything that happened to you happened for a reason? 
and brought you to this moment where you are today sitting here talking to us, right? Yes. Or, or do, do you, do you ever, can you ever actually stop sort of reliving the what ifs? Cause I think people struggle with that. Oh, I completely agree. And I would be lying if I said I didn't think about some things that I wish I didn't do or didn't happen, but I now have tools using cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy to talk back to those things and to seek to control or to seek to only pay attention to things that I can control. And, but by the same token, I don't deny those feelings. If I have learned to ride the waves of emotion because I used to just tamp it all down. Now I know emotions are natural and I can't control my every thought, but I can control my second thought and my action. So if I get that sense of shame coming on my shoulders again, or if I think, oh God, I wish I hadn't done that. Then I can say, you're not doing that anymore. You have learned from that. And you're going to go out today and do something to lift someone else's burden. And that gets me past that blip that they still come up. Sure. Maria, you are amazing. Where can our listeners find all things Maria? Well, just go to my website, marialeonardolson.com. And there's a link to my TED Talk, to all my social media and all my events that I continue to update. So thank you. you Please post pictures from Borbor. Yeah, okay. we're going to need to see those. We'll also put in there your Instagram uh, handle so people can follow you in our show notes. Maria Leonard Olson, what an incredible person you are. And this woman, this journey, and It was all in you before you were 50, but it just had to wait to come out in this way that's transforming the world um, after you turn 50. And we commend you for all that you're doing for the world to make it a better place for you and also the women you surround yourself with. Um, Everybody, I hope you felt inspired this week and please get out there and be inspired.